0: Visit RobertHalf.com today.
1: It's the weekend preview. Jimmy Conrad joins me to discuss the FA Cup final as Chelsea play Leicester City. We got big games in La Liga as Atletico Madrid hope to wrap this up and get la liga over there to los colchoneros we have games in germany we have games in france in spain the women's champions league final and the nwsl kicks off so our producer and our color commentator and analyst lisa roman joins to discuss even more this is the biggest weekend preview yet so you better tune in que golazo begins right now From the season opener to Thanksgiving clashes to rematches and rivalries, the NFL schedule is now set and the Pick 6 podcast is your source for a comprehensive schedule breakdown. The team analyzes the biggest matchups of the year and gives you a head start on season long and week one gambling. Download and follow the Pick 6 NFL podcast wherever you find this one what's up everybody welcome to keigo lasso our weekend preview jimmy conrad how are you my man
2: i'm living the dream hope everybody's doing well at home lots of big games this weekend because we're getting close to the end of the season so as i like to call it it is squeaky bum time luis miguel
1: absolutely plenty of games to discuss, we'll give you everything that we can offer preview wise. And of course, we'll do a little parlay parte Jimmy will explain a little bit in a second. But Jimmy, you had a chance to chat to uh, Christian Pulisic uh, as well as part of the FA Cup. We're going to begin with the FA Cup final as Chelsea play Leicester City. Real quick, Jimmy, how, how was that chat? How, how's, how's Christian doing? Ah,
2: He's doing great. Uh, That was my first interaction with Christian. So I had to stay up till 2 a.m. local time here in California to get the interview because Chelsea only offered him up, you know, local time right before training over there. So I I did it and it was fun. I had a good time and I got him to laugh. I think ultimately that's always my goal when I sit down and have interviews. Like at the end of the day, it's just a bunch of grown men in small shorts kicking a ball in a certain direction, right? It's not that big of a deal. So I wanted to kind of get to that spot. But when you only have 10 minutes to make it happen, it's a little difficult. But We got through the questions and at the end he was laughing and that's all that matters. So it was good and he looks relaxed and I know he picked up a knock uh, against Arsenal. So we'll see if he's ready to go for the FA Cup final. Obviously, he'd be a big loss if he missed out.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And we begin right there. uh, And by the way, you can check it all out, uh, Jimmy Conrad, on Twitter, Instagram, of course. But we begin with the FA Cup, Chelsea, Leicester, City, Thomas, two holes, first chance, at a trophy here. It's going to be a good one. Leicester city, of course, feeling confident after beating Manchester United, uh, almost, uh, surely securing the champions league spot, but this is a major trophy of course, for both managers and Jimmy, we're going to do some fun things today. Right. Uh, from a betting perspective.
2: Yeah. The parlay Parte, everybody, la fiesta parliesta is going to be happening. There's so many big games uh, across Europe. So we're going to pick one game from each, let's say country or league, because I think we're going to include the FA Cup in this one. It's not part of the Premier League, of course. And then one from MLS, a lot of big games over the weekend as well. And we're we'll going to a little six-team action and we'll, we'll hopefully hit this time around. We were close. We're always close, Luis, but we never get to the finish line. This weekend, though, I'm feeling it. <laughs> I am feeling it. I, I've got that. that The addiction is starting to get real, but I'm just kidding. We're betting five bucks. It's just a it's a throwaway bet and if we hit. Honestly, though, if we ever hit one of these,
1: oh, we're I, just going crazy.
2: I just want to let everybody know. And we're going to Vegas. We're going to go to Vegas, of course, and we're going to blow all the money that we just won. <laughs> Secondly, though, we're going to be insufferable. I mean, I, mean I, I am insufferable if I hit one of my three bets or something a week. If we hit a sixteen parlay, it is gonna be next level. Oh, I've
1: told everybody we're getting fired if this is happening. I'm going all out. We're going to Vegas. We're gonna do this pod from like uh you know a mansion that we'll build. we'll be we'll be chilling out with uh we'll be chilling out with Mike Tyson and his house over there. Like it's just gonna be crazy. Crazy!
2: Could you imagine partnering with Mike Tyson? I'm just—I
1: keep picturing The Hangover. Just like, uh,
2: <laughs> listen, listen—if that's why people need to bet five dollars with us, because then they can come with us on this trip to Vegas. We could be smoking cigars by the pool. It'll be all—it'll be all popping off.
1: Jimmy, so, I just realized something. We also might get divorced. I, I don't know.
2: <laughs> it's gonna be really bad. We don't—we don't need to go to therapy just yet for this podcast. Let's—let's let's win the money first, and we can talk about that stuff afterwards.
1: All right. Well, let's see if you join us on this crazy ride. Let's begin in the FA Cup. Ch- Chelsea against Leicester City. This is obviously a very big opportunity for both sides to get some silverware in the end of the season 2021. What do you have for me?
2: Okay, so everybody needs some context with regard to this trophy in particular. It is the oldest tournament in the history of the beautiful game. 150 years ago, it got started. Now, this is going to be the 140th time that the trophy's been handed out for wars that happened when they didn't play the competition. So it's a big deal. Chelsea, if they win this, will be the ninth time they've ever won this trophy. Fun fact, the last time they lost to Arsenal in a final, well, before last season, they won it the following season. So they lost to Arsenal last year. Seems like everything's boding well for them to win it again. I think history will repeat itself. I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself. That said, Leicester are the only British team in the history of the competition to get to four finals and never win. And it might be five. Five out of five. They're like the Buffalo Bills of the FA Cup, everybody. They just can get to the finish line, but then Scott Norwood their way, and that's a really deep cut for everybody that's an old-school NFL fan uh, of not winning the trophy. Maybe even the New England Revolution if you want to get MLS terms, right? So there's uh, there's a lot at stake here for Leicester, but they're the big underdogs. And what I wanted to say is that's where I think Leicester feel the most comfortable. They were massive underdogs when they won the Premier League back in 2016. Nobody expected them to do it. No one expects them to win this game. And I feel like that's a space that they feel really comfortable in. And with Chelsea losing to Arsenal now, and Arsenal using some tactics that I think Leicester could employ, Leicester brings Johnny Evans back into the team. He's whether you love him or hate him because he hits, he hurts Stu Holden. His first significant knee injury, and I'm still bitter that Johnny Evans like absolutely brutalized Stu Holden, and Stu Holden never really recovered from that tackle. Uh, he, he still is a linchpin for, for that defense. And he's a leader and he's got gravitas and presence back there. And so him coming back into the team is very important. Jamie Vardy needs to show up in this one. He, he does it in other ways, of course. And I think he's a special player, but only two goals in his last, well, since December is crazy for a player of his stature. But, uh, Kelechi Iheanacho has been fantastic. Fun fact for you about, uh, Nacho, This is great. Um, He has scored more goals in this competition than any other player since making his debut in the FA Cup in January 2016. He's hit the back of the net 14 times in 19 games. Wow, he
1: owns this tournament.
2: He owns it, dude. He scored the game winner against Brighton in the round of 16 this season, two goals against Manchester United in the quarterfinals, and the game winner against Southampton in the semifinals, which prompted him to say afterwards, I think the FA Cup loves me. And I love the FA Cup. <laughs> that was his quote.
1: I love him. He's great.
2: He's great. So there's a lot to like about Lester. And I think it feels more from uh wouldn't it be cool to see Lester win it? Very similar yeah. to the vibes I was feeling ahead of I 2016. So. But when you look at this practically, and when you look at the quotes that that Thomas Tuchel had, which were very harsh by the way, after they lost to Arsenal, where he said, I didn't pick the right players, I made too many changes, the guys weren't good enough. We made our own mistakes. That was as close to Joe, Jose Mourinho that I've seen Thomas Tuchel. He he finally loses a game that maybe didn't go his way. And he, he, he went into these waters that I'm like, I don't know about. You could have handled that a lot different. I know he was frustrated. I know it's tough to have a microphone stuffed into your face right after you lose, especially in the way that it did. But that was really interesting to me that he went so quickly. He said, I take full responsibility. That that
1: was going to be my thing. He began with that. He accepted responsibility. I think he rotated too much. Uh, You could clearly see that.
2: Yes. I mean, I, I appreciate him saying, I take full responsibility, But there's still some underlying shade that you're throwing at your players that I didn't choose the right guys.
1: Yeah, I think so. But I think he, I think that he, after this game, he went into that dressing room and I think he told the players exactly what he said on camera. I don't think he's hiding anything. He's like, you guys were not good enough. This was not a good enough performance. And I'm going to tell that when I get asked that question, just FYI, I just see Thomas too, as a, as a manager, who's very pragmatic and who understands he made mistakes. I, I agree. I think he probably went a little too far in blaming individuals, but you know, it, ultimately it was his mistake. He rotated too much because he's looking ahead to this game.
2: Yeah, so I'm just curious to see how the team responds because yeah. as I mentioned, and as I've said, I think all week, Chelsea have been very good at being in the lead. And in this particular game, they were behind for 75 minutes. And I just think that was uncharted territory for them. And even though they had enough opportunities and the possession was in their favor and the shots and all that stuff, there's still a mental component to this in terms of how do we solve problems when things aren't going our way. And I just thought that was, I just thought those were interesting comments from Thomas.
1: Absolutely. No, I'm with you 100%. Will
2: that that play into the match? I don't know. I, I really don't know. Chelsea are the heavy favorites and I think they should be. What I do want to say though, from a betting perspective, just so everybody knows, this is crazy. And I had to do this research and I was like, what is happening? You you know, when you find that one little nugget of information, like, Holy crap, I got to take that next step. And I went, I went down a rabbit hole, everybody in over half of Chelsea's 26 games under Tuchel 14, to be exact, Chelsea have one and under two and a half goals. Okay. That pays plus 300 for this one, which I thought was pretty intense in the remaining 12 games under Tuchel. Okay. Eight of those 12, have been under two and a half goals, either through draws or 1-0 losses. Okay, just like we saw with Arsenal and Deporto. Porto. And, and then the, re- the remaining four were a 2-1 win over Sheffield, a 5-2 loss to West Brom, a 4-1 win over Crystal Palace, and a, the 2-1 win over City. So in 22, and I'm doing the math for you here, 22 of the 26 games, there were two and a half goals or less. Dude, that is, cra- that, is that is wild. That is a trend. So the draw after 90 minutes and under two and a half goals is plus 300 as well. So I'm looking at this for value. I think Timo Werner will get the start. I'm curious to see if if we're Kai Havertz, if he's starting or if he's not. If Christian Pulisic is hurt, then I think 100% Kai Havertz will start. And then Zayac comes in. But I kind of like Timo Werner to score any time, to kind of continue to prove, hey, this might not have been the greatest season for me statistically, even though I lead Chelsea in both goals and assists, and he doesn't get enough credit for that. But him to score any time is actually plus 175. I like that value a lot. Under two and a half goals is crazy. So if you guys think, if you have a heart and you think Leicester can at least get a, a draw after 90 minutes, and they've been very good in the FA Cup this season, and we went through Vardy and Ian Nacho and bringing Johnny Evans back, and Wilford and Didi's a beast, and I interviewed him next, so that'll be popping up on my social media stuff uh, today. They've got a chance. They absolutely have a chance. and 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 I could see maybe a draw, and then from there, once it gets to extra time, But under two and a half goals, I'm I'm thinking like a one-one or or Chelsea wins at one-zero or two-zero. It just kind of depends on what you think. But both values for in the under are plus three hundred. So. That's, that's what I'm kind of saying there. I don't know. I mean, dude, the parlay is going to be kind of crazy for this one, but I think we should include it because it's such a big game.
1: Well, it's going to be crazy because I'm agreeing with you on the under two and a half goals, but I think that's where it ends. I think Chelsea wins this. I think that nobody should take anything from this Arsenal game aside from the fact that they lost, but just because of how rotated it was. Let me just remind everybody this Arsenal loss, okay? Kepa was in goal, so Mendy comes in. Rudiger wasn't even there, okay? So he comes back in. He feels fresh. Most importantly, Ngolo Kante there wasn't there. So he's going to feel super fresh for this coming in. You made your point about Kai Havertz. Team of Erna will step in and here as well. There will be no Giroud or Tammy Abraham from the stop. You know, he wasn't even in the squad, Abraham, so forget about him for a second. But this is going to be a much different lineup sure. and a fresher Ngolo Kante, a fresher team of Erna. The best, arguably the best goalkeeper right now, one of them at least in Europe, in Edward Mendy, back in the lineup. I think obviously, because of what you just said, Chelsea is not gonna completely destroy you for nothing, five one, well, whatever. But I do some these I'm leaning. Okay, okay. I'm leaning to a two one win for Chelsea. Whether that goes and ooh, extends that, that, it, whether that, that extends that, into extra time, that's something else.
2: Ooh, that's I, the over. Interesting. Well, we'll just go with Chelsea winning at minus 110. That'll be part of our parlay. I agree with you on the N'Golo Conte thing. So when I interviewed Pulisic, one of my questions to him was, <laughs> this is ridiculous. I don't even want to ask this. Like, who's the best player you ever played with and why is it N'Golo Conte?" <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 and and I interrupted him because he was giving, I knew this, 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 this you know, the, the regular answer was coming. The cliched answer was coming. And I interrupted him and said, listen, Last FA Cup final where you guys lost to Arsenal, N'Golo Conte didn't start and didn't play. And coincidentally, you guys didn't win. So if you want to win, and I can text Thomas Tuchel if you want, you got to put N'Golo Conte in the team. And I think you're right. I think he's the X factor. I think he does make such a big difference. Rudiger coming back in. Kepa will start, though, this final. He's been the cup. The cup keeper the whole time. Oh, good I
1: point. Think. Good point. Good so, so point. So Kepa
2: yeah. will stay in, and I, he wasn't his fault. But it just seems like when there's mistakes from Chelsea, Kepa just seems to always be in goal. Eh, that's weird. But that said, I think he'll be up for this one. He's been very good so far in the cup, and and uh, that wasn't his mistake, by the way. Jorginho should have done. No, that. no, it wasn't.
1: He, in fact, uh, Kepa did so well to get it out of the that's line. That's true. The save it, was uh, ridiculous. No, I, absolutely. To me, I, it's I, about I like
2: Chelsea to win. I like Chelsea to win. Let's It's go
1: about that. a fresh Engolo Kante and a fresh Antonio Rudiger, who I think. Has been tremendous as well, mm-hmm. and it's just I like Chelsea too. Now I can be persuaded on going on that two and a half. So maybe two nothing.
2: Yeah, but it's. I mean, it's if you think Chelsea's going to win and under two and a half goals, they've done that 14 times on 26 games under Tuchel, which is pretty remarkable, by the way. Uh, that pays plus 300. If you think but it's any actual a draw, worries
1: me. Any I feel he'll get a goal though.
2: Okay, well, so if you think he's going to go, I can see it being. I can honestly think it could be one one. You know. Yeah,
1: but and then he goes into extra time. I like that.
2: Then then that's still plus three hundred because the uh, the draw and under two and a half is for the first ninety minutes.
1: Well what are you leaning towards?
2: I'm going with Chelsea. I, I I'm gonna go with Chelsea straight up. Chelsea straight well, Chelsea straight up's minus one ten. I'll put them in the parlay. Uh Chelsea okay. in the parlay. But but if I was gonna bet this individually, I would do the under and two and a half.
1: Correct. Because we're going with the parlay. So let's go with the parlay. Let's go with a Chelsea win. Okay. Boom. Ooh, All
2: right. That so was- let's I feel like i like a lot of stress talking about this. I stress know, I out. know.
1: And everybody, we can't do this for every game because Jimmy and I will just have a heart attack. So yeah, we're, yeah, I'll we're, be on the floor at that we're, point. We're going to stay in England, but we're going to do one game from the Premier League, okay? Plenty of fixtures, but the most important thing right now, I think, because we already have a Premier League champion in Man City and we already know who's getting relegated, it's really about the race for Europe and the Champions League spot. So I want to uh, focus just purely on Brighton hosting West Ham because West Ham have had a tremendous season, David Moyes, as we always talk in this part, deserves a mention for manager of the year. Uh, You know, they have a good opportunity here to keep, keep hoping for a Champions League spot. We don't know if it will happen, but it's a great opportunity as Leicester's out of action this weekend in the league in the FA Cup. So West Ham, what do you have for me in this game?
2: Well, I can say right from the get go, Brighton earned 17th place, but it doesn't matter anymore that the the bottom three teams are going to get relegated. So they can kind of breathe and relax a little bit. I do want to give a shout out to them because they are tied for the sixth best defense in all of the premier league. And when you're a team and you're on a team that doesn't score a lot of goals. So they've scored 36 goals so far in 35 games that puts so much pressure on the defense to have to be perfect. So I want to give a shout out to their captain Lewis dunk for really leading that back line in particular. And, and I, I don't know. I just think that Brighton are only going to get better from here. And I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what they do over the summer to help strengthen their team. I'm going to start there with regard to uh, West Ham. This is, this is such a big game, you know, it, it'll help them solidify their spot in the Europa league for sure. But playing away at Brighton is not going to be easy. West Ham's away record middle of the table. They got eight wins, six losses and three draws away from home. So, you know, you're just going to be kind of a mixed bag. But they've shown up uh in some capacity, I say that, but they've actually lost uh 3 out of their last 4. And they kind of slumped at the worst possible moment. So it looks like it looks like a top 4 finish might be beyond them, but that could give them a little bit of a a chance to relax as well because they don't really have a lot to lose with regard to the top 4 conversation. They can just try and see what happens. I I, I feel a draw on this one just because you know, it'd be really West Ham at this point to be so close to achieving something special
0: <laughs> and, and David Moyes
2: in particular and then not even qualifying for the Europa League. So, yeah. which is more than possible. The, the last four meetings between these two have ended in draws. So I wouldn't be surprised, given the form of both, the, to to see another draw here. That's kind of what I'm leaning towards at the moment. Let me give you some some looks on that. Well, draw... as you do
1: that, they've been very topsy-turvy West Ham. They lost to Newcastle, then they lose to Chelsea, but then they beat Burnley, but then they go back and lose to Everton. So that's their last games before this this yeah. one against Brighton. So, you know, the, I think yeah, the legs they're... are getting tired maybe. I a think little bit. That maybe there's a little bit of pressure of knowing just how much it means to them to just get Europe. You know, it's going to be a trick, and, and to your point about Brighton already safe, I that releases a lot of stress from a lot of players. For I sure. think, and For it sure. makes them just play. uh You know, and Graham Potter is a great manager, Uh so you know he'll be organized, he'll be ready to go. But this will be an intriguing matchup. I, I, I don't know. I think a draw sounds about right.
2: A draw. I mean, especially since they've done it the last four times they played against each other. It's, right. it's interesting well, exactly. because, because, the the. West Ham and a lot of these players that have been with the team for a while, last season they finished in 16th, season before that 10th, 13th before that, 11th before that, like they're just, I, to your point, I don't know how comfortable they are, all of a sudden there's pressure at the end of the season and, and now we have to perform, more often than not, everything's been done and dusted and they've been settling in mid-table purgatory for the last month of, of most seasons in recent years, so this is this is kind of uncharted for them, and obviously David Moyes leading the troops in it, and then losing three out of the last four. And like I said, I think with regard to Leicester, if you lose to Newcastle, you don't deserve to play in Europe. Like, it's Newcastle. <laughs> what are you guys even doing? They're terrible. They're not. Here's one thing bad. I
1: forgot, though, Jimmy. Uh, Louis Dunk won't be in this game.
2: Oh, uh, that's that's right.
1: He's suspended that's after right. scoring and also getting uh, sent off. Uh, this that's, that's big for. That Brown. is
2: big. That is big, and I think Mikel Antonio in particular could take advantage of that.
1: Lewis Dunk said, also is very dangerous in set pieces and corners. So that could, could would that uh tilt your way to a West Ham win, or is that not enough?
2: I just think that West Ham's gonna West Ham. And <laughs> and I just think it's good. I'll say a draw, which still puts some keeps them in the conversation, but man, I, it really makes those last couple you know come down to the wire. I think there's we, gonna be some that top six is gonna be really exciting, I think, in the last couple of weeks. So I don't want West Ham to blow it for us and win because then it, it takes away a lot of the intrigue.
1: And we always need a draw in these parlays.
2: Yes, we do. So, are we are we feeling a draw here?
1: I mean, I'm with you. It's all right. All right. I, the Lewis Dunk Caps worries me a it little. It does.
2: Bit. It does. It does. I'm with you on that.
1: Uh, but it, for now, it's fine. Let's put it in the draw. Let's
2: put it in there. All right. Uh,
1: okay. So let's uh, let's leave England for a second now and let's go to wow. España, uh, La Liga, because uh, Atletico Madrid closing in on a title. Let's see if they don't kick it up. Uh, let's see if they don't uh, West dam it up. Uh, what do you have for me? Atletico Madrid, uh, Osasuna, and there's other games as well, but you know, can go anywhere in La Liga.
2: Yeah. I mean, at this point, all eyes should be on Atletico Madrid hosting Osasuna. We, we, we don't know the result of Granada, Real Madrid, but let's assume Real Madrid just win. I mean, every, it, it's all in it. Let these hands, so they have to show up. They have to perform. The last time they played against Osasuna, they won three, one. Joel Felix had two goals in that one and uh I think Correa had the third and, and my friend Ante Budimir scored for Osasuna always proud of him when he does that Love it This is going to be a tough one but it lets you at home I I, I they, if they score early I just think that helps relax things they they almost gave away the game not gave it away but they were given a lot of opportunities and a lot of possession to Real Sociedad in their 2-1 win this week I love, did you see did you see Coke's comments after the game
1: No tell me what did he say
2: He basically said uh, we wouldn't be Atletico Madrid if we didn't suffer.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's, that's true.
2: It's unbelievable. And of course, Diego Simeone goes, we have to suffer to win anything of consequence. You know, so I'm paraphrasing these guys, but but ultimately that's the messaging
1: is. Well, that's clearly the messaging in the dressing room.
2: There's something about Diego Simeone that I think maybe that's why I, because because when I look at, it's interesting. I feel like I need to suffer a little bit every day, right? To feel alive. And and I, and I use exercise as a way to do that. I'll go run hills. I'll go do all this stuff. I'm getting into some personal life stuff, but, but there's something I always like was drawn to with Atleti and Diego Simeone in particular. And now I think I've figured it out. It's the suffering. Like the yeah. suffering makes you feel alive. Jimmy, the suffering makes you feel.
1: Jimmy, burning. one of my favorite quotes ever is by uh, Viktor Frankl, where there is light must endure burning. And that to me is Atletico Madrid. It's it's the club that needs to go through thick mud to just get to the mountaintop. And this is it. And it's no surprise that Koke said that or that Cholo Simeone said that. And, you know, they have to suffer. Now, will they suffer in this game? Jimmy Conrad is what I'm trying to figure out.
2: 1000%. (laughs) 1000%. They're going to give up possession and they're going to sit back. And I think we'll probably see a a very similar lineup And, and Jimenez who's been very important for them he has he's still like trying to come back from an injury and i don't think simeone really wants to risk him if he's only 75 percent but if, if jimenez comes back and the team is fully healthy it just strengthens my resolve that, yeah. that let you're going to get there
1: well sasuna have nothing to play for they nothing uh, to play for they beat cadiz 3-2 before this one they tied against athletic bilbao to all real madrid beat them 2-0 before that they have nothing to play for they're away this is this has to be this just has to be a victory for Atletico Madrid. I I, th-
2: I think if they win this, they will just need to draw uh, the last day of the season at a minimum. They might even win it this weekend, and I say that because they could win it this weekend. Yeah, Madrid draw points to to Granada, where we obviously now. Uh, when Kagan you're listening gonna, to this, by
1: the way, we don't you know the result has already happened, so we can't predict. But but regardless, but, you but know, Madrid, Madrid have like- to go
2: Madrid have to go to Bilbao to play Athletic Club. And it's not easy to play at, at the San Mami's. Madrid don't have the best record there and nobody really does. Athletic are very good uh, at home. And so I get to see Madrid dropping points and, and I think that Atleti will be there and and uh, will be enjoying at the end of the season. All, All right. Up. So
1: let's add Atletico Madrid colchoneros in the parlay. Let's do it. All right. Well, let's, uh, you want to stay in La Liga?
2: No, I mean, there's really not much to add because everybody else, Barcelona, we've talked about them blowing it. Uh, you know, I saw some reports if we want to, dabble in those waters that Ronald Koeman is looking at Memphis Depay and Sergio Aguero to join the squad next season. Let's talk with Sergio Aguero. Do you, do you like that one, Luis?
1: I do like that. I like him returning to Spain for sure. Uh, I think he would be a very good addition. My question to that report, by the way, and I tweeted back on my friend Moises. Uh, I was, you know, is Ronald Koeman even staying <laughs> like, because obviously the Memphis Depay is a Koeman choice. The uh, per the reports to ESPN, uh, the Sergio Aguero is a president. That's a John Laporta choice. He definitely wants it. And, but I do like it. I mean, it's Sergio Aguero, you know, do you like it?
2: I mean, if you, he's already kind of in the mentality that he is going to probably be the super sub for the rest of his career, right? Just to finish it out. He's so, fine with it. yeah, I mean, that would be, that's the perfect role for him. So if he comes in with those expectations and you can bring him in and you have a really experienced player like him coming off the bench. Yeah. I, w- I would do it, especially if he's free why not take a flyer on, on Aguero? You'll probably move a few jerseys as well uh, with his name on the back of a Barcelona kit, Memphis Depay. He was supposed to come over earlier. And I think that uh, he'd be a good addition in some capacity. I think it gives them a little bit more flexibility and options and, and different looks um, as you also are trying to appease Messi to make sure you're signing players that, that can play and help him win stuff.
1: And the and time then, is now for Memphis Depay. He's 27. He's not yeah, 21 yeah, yeah. anymore. Like he needs yeah. to, you know, so the move is now it's right now. So yeah.
2: And this was as good a time for Leon to win the league as, you know, I think it's one of those things. If you can't win the league when it's wide open like this, yeah. then maybe the time is to move. And then you have Gini Vivaldem from, from Liverpool, who's also expressed interest in coming to Barcelona, which is why he didn't resign with Liverpool. So if you add Vinaldum into the team, especially because Busquets is getting a little bit older, you have a Vinaldum de Jong who play together on the national team for the Dutch... You know, uh, it's hedging, getting who's, very
1: who's Dutch, right. this squad. It's getting Dutch, It's yes, very
2: Dutch, which is the Ajax way, Barcelona way. They it's all tried, it's so, you know, we get Memphis Depay in there as well. I mean, you're you you you're strengthening the team with those signings. If you bring no, in Vinaldum, Vinaldum Depay, and Aguero, that's not a bad summer haul. Are they, are they match winners? No, but they make your team better, you know, and they're one of those. And I think you have to move Pionic. Uh, along, He's not a good fit for the team. They should never have moved him. I mean,
1: it's not his fault, I guess, in a way. No,
2: it's not. It's not. It's not. But uh, listen, so all these, all these they
1: incoming do. players that fit the Coleman system. So it all depends if Coleman stays, which is what I think would happen if Memphis Depay comes in. Uh,
2: yes, I think that he'll have the project for one more year. Uh, I, I guess it depends on what Messi does. And then at some point, I think Javi is going to come in and coach the team. Yeah. Um, and, and, I'm, and I'm here for that. And hopefully he brings in Iniesta to be his assistant.
1: Yeah, well, he just extended his stay with Vissel so it will definitely not be...
2: But he's waiting. He's just season. waiting for Xavi to yeah, take the job, waiting. then he's going to leave.
1: He's waiting for... It's, it's like, you know, when you get invited to a party when you're young, It's like, well, who's going to be there? <laughs> That's
2: literally what I'm <laughs> Exactly. Exactly, doing. exactly. Uh,
1: all right, let's move to Serie A for a second. Okay. Um, Juventus looking for Champions League soccer for next season. They face the Scudetto champions, Inter Milan. That is a Saturday game, I believe. Yes, yeah,
2: it is. Yeah, Juve versus Center, biggest rivalry in in Italy for people that don't know. I it, I know people say El Roma Lazio and all this, but Juve and Inter based on their success, and there's a there's a nice, nice history between the two clubs. This one in particular is interesting. I do want to say, Luis, we we predicted uh we correctly predicted that Cristiano Ronaldo would score and Juve would beat Sassuolo and both teams to score. That was plus 260. So pat on the back for us on on nailing that one.
1: Tap it to the bank, baby.
2: The the champions, though, Inter Milan, won the Scudetto for the first time in 11 years. Uh, They're showing no signs of letting up. It's actually, they've almost relaxed. They've scored eight goals in their last two games, but they've been a little loose, I think. Because they're bombing forward and having fun, I think they're a little bit more loose in the back. So I think there's an opportunity for Juve to take advantage. They travel to Turin, though, for this one, unbeaten in their last 10 away matches in Serie A.
1: Yeah, they're feeling it.
2: Although two of those three, last two of the three, have ended in draws, so take that into consideration. The last home game that Juve had, they lost to AC Milan 3-0, so maybe it's a Milan thing. Maybe Inter can come in. I just wanted to bring up that history between Juve and Inter because I'm sure Inter would love nothing more, very similar to Manchester United and Liverpool, than to not allow, to to beat their biggest rival, to make sure they don't get into the Champions League next season. So yeah. just take that in as context. Uh, Cristiano Ronaldo has scored 28 Serie A goals this season, which is crazy. Uh, just It's the other end of the field, which is really surprising. Juve have always been kind of known being stout defensively, and I think the Italian teams in general have that stereotype of always being good defensively. Have so many good goals in Serie A this season. But Juve but are without a clean sheet in their last 12 Serie A matches and have conceded five goals in their last three. So I just want to throw that out there. I just want to say that I think both teams are going to score. And then I'll just, I'm going to leave it to everybody in the audience to decide where you're going to go with that bet. If this is this is crazy value, by the way, on William Hill, both teams to score and Juve to win is plus 270. So if you're leaning towards that and Cristiano Ronaldo is going to put the team on his back and be a hero, then go that direction. If you think it's going to be a draw, plus 305 for both teams to score in the draw, For Inter Milan, by the way, they are the champions. They are the champions of Italy. If you have both teams to score and them to win is plus 390. That is insane value for a team that's playing as well as they are, that have already proven to be the champions, who are better on paper than Juve. And Antonio Conte, who used to manage Juve, is definitely going to want to stick it to his former club. Like, There's so many reasons why Inter is going to be up for this one. The fact that you can get plus 390 with both teams to score and Inter to win is is insane to me. That said, I don't know if they're going to win. they've (laughs) only
1: lost twice in the league. They've only lost twice in the league and they've scored 82 goals. Like, I know it's Juventus, but this is Inter Milan, Who, to your point, have just won Scudetto. Having said all that, (laughs) I feel like, I don't know. There are two things here, Jimmy. One is, is this a game of chess where clearly the more experienced manager, the better man, because you can cancel Ronaldo with Lukaku. Right. So, so to me, you know, that that's, to me, it's about tactically in the game. How does Antonio Conte figure this out as opposed to Andrea Pirlo? And again, I'm just, I'm feeling that Juventus will mess up once again. I I I High scoring game though. I see a high scoring game. Okay.
2: So I'm actually, if we're going to do the part, if we're thinking about the parlay, I'm going to say the draw. Um, Okay. But I do want to give you guys some other value. I don't know which team you think is going to come from behind and get the draw, but if you pick Juve to do it, that's plus five fifty. And I think there oh, could wow. be like Inter scoring first, and then Juve being super desperate and getting a goal at some point yep. to make it one-one or two-two. But it's the same value if you think that Juve is going to score first and Inter going to come back into the uh, you know and get come back from behind and get the draw plus five fifty. If you want to take that one step down and say come from behind and win or draw for Juve to do that, it's plus three ninety. For Inter to do that, it's plus four ten. There is, there's crazy value around this game right now.
1: Are we adding this to the parlay though? Oh, yeah, I think we should for fun. All right, so what do you want? I I want to go.
2: I think a draw. We, 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 I think we have to add more draws draws in in the parlay. Well, we can take one of them out, but I, (laughs) I, this is the one though I want to. I don't know if I want to live or die on a draw with Brighton West Ham. I'd rather live on a, a live or die with a draw with this one. I'll all right, let's
1: do action. it. Let, I can see it because also tactically, strategically speaking, Inter Milan is a team that will go at you in the first 20 minutes and then maybe welcome something, especially from a team as big as Juventus, Cristiano Ronaldo, etc. I could see one all. I could see two all, to be honest. I,
2: I, I could do it. I could see that as well. The... When you have two draws in a four-legged parlay so far, God, that jumps up really high.
1: I mean, listen, plus plus three
2: thousand if we if we hit this four-legged parlay. But
1: if we're gonna die, we're gonna die diving <laughs> two hundred miles an hour. Like that's it.
2: That's it. I mean, right. that's that's how I see my life. I got a red card in my last ever national team game. I went it, out with a blaze of glory. Okay, Luis.
1: That's it. That's it. That that, right. that that says it all. All right, I'm going for a high-scoring draw.
2: Okay, I just do want to bring up that uh, there's another big. Derby going on. Yep, Uh, the Derby della Capitale between Roma and Lazio, and I just want to bring it up because it's an amazing, amazing derby. I don't know ultimately. I think Lazio are going to win this. Roma have not been very good since Jose Mourinho got announced. I know they beat uh, Manchester United in the second leg and and all that good stuff, but since then it hasn't been great. They've got three defeats in the last four. They're mathematically unable to get in the top six. However, if they do finish below Sassuolo, they're going to miss out on that conference league stuff. So that's important for them to, to get into there and just kind of solidify something. But it just seems like, I don't know, defensively, they have the worst defensive record in Serie A's top half. Which that's, for me, they've let in 56 goals this season. Unacceptable for a club of Roma stature, in my opinion that is going to be a big point of emphasis for Mourinho and guess who's very good at defending for the most part. It's, it's, or he was at one point it's, it's that I just feel like Roma's form has spiraled a little bit, Luis, in the second half of the season in particular. And it looks like they're just trying to, they just want their season to end so they can start focusing on the Jose Mourinho era. Whereas yeah. Lazio still has something to play for. And even though I don't expect Lazio to get into the, the the top four, they're still in the conversation. Thanks to a 95th minute winner against Parma midweek. So you know it's still going to be pressure underneath Juve in, in in particular, and and Lazio are going to want to win this one. The last time these two played in this derby, Lazio 3-0, and they share the same stadium, so it's not really a home or away game, you know, because there's no fans, so it doesn't really make yeah. much of a difference. Well, but, cheer uh, I, I, like, I, like, I like Lazio to win, and I hate saying that as a Roma supporter, but uh, they just feel a little bit sharper to me. So
0: this episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news.
2: But I don't want to put it in the parlay. I want to
1: stay away from it. Well, of the Hero Immobile became the club's all-time leading scorer with that uh, late goal against Parma, scoring his 150th goal. Hero for the club. So, but yeah, let's stay out of it. All right. Well, let's move on then. Let's go to uh, let's go to the Bundesliga for a second. Okay. Hey, Bo- Bundesliga Bayern, is nuts. Bayern Munich, obviously champions, but again, just like in other leagues in Europe, the race for the Champions League continues. Where do you want to go?
2: Well, I do want to start with Bayern because they take on Freiburg this week, and Robert Lewandowski is two goals away from breaking Gerd Muller's unbeatable record. I mean, 40 goals in a season is ridiculous. He's on 39. Apparently, Robert Lewandowski got hurt in training today, so he might not play. I was looking at the value for Robert Lewandowski to score anytime. I've never seen it this far down a minus for a player to score anytime. He was minus 333. That's <laughs> ridiculous. But if you have him scoring first, that's plus 170. I like that value a lot, but I don't think that he's going to – I don't know if he's going to play or not because he left training early due to an injury, so we'll see how significant that is. But if he does play, the one value that I thought was kind of fun with Lewandowski is him scoring first at plus plus at 170, so keep that in mind. We're also taping this before the DFB-Pokal final, so RB Leipzig and Dortmund both play on Sunday. Dortmund's away against Mainz. Mainz is pretty good. They're, they're unbeaten in their last six. RB Leipzig is in second, Wolfsburg are in third in the table. I, I wanted to get your thoughts on this because it might impact which game I want out of this country's uh, in this league's for the parlay. Based on who you think's going to... I feel like whoever loses or wins the DFB-Pokal, excuse me, well, is going to have emotional drop-off. So I don't know. Maybe we stay away from that. But there is one game that people... Because because not only the top four, just so everybody knows, Leipzig's in second on 64. They're, they're locked in for the Champions League. Wolfsburg's on 60. They're feeling pretty good. Dortmund are in, in, in fourth with 58 points, Frankfurt are on 57. So it's really between Dortmund and Frankfurt. I think Frankfurt are going to win because they have to win. They're taking Schalke. They're taking on Schalke, who are terrible, by the way. Only won two games all season. Scored 21 goals this season out of 30-something games. That's terrible. I'd like Frankfurt to win. So that's kind of my lock for that if I wanted to look at that. But I do want to tell you guys that at the bottom of the table, so Schalke's done. They're on 13 points. FC Cologne, 29 points in the relegation zone. Armenia Bielefeld 31 points, Werder Bremen 31 points, Augsburg 33 points and the jersey I'm wearing right now, Hertha Berlin 34 points. I think Hertha is going to be fine. Augsburg and Werder Bremen play against each other this weekend. That game is going to be popping off and I'm here for it. I love when games have that little juice on it, Luis. That where there's that, that that air of desperation that something has to happen because I think you really see the character of a team when that when when they're under an immense amount of pressure. I mean, this This could change the fortune of the club for not just next season, but for the foreseeable future because of all the money that's at stake, if they go down or if they stay up. So keep your eyes on uh, Augsburg-Vertre Bremen this weekend, especially Josh Sargent, American international plays for Vertre Bremen. That's going to be a very good game. But I think our lock for this one is Eintracht beating a very bad Schalke team. They're minus 400 to win straight up, but I think we throw them in our parlay. At least so we can hit one. Okay, Luis, we're going to guarantee we're going to get one right.
1: Well, this one needs to be added because we need to keep building up on this uh, parlay partay. And let's go with Eintracht Frankfurt. Listen, we've got to keep going here because I want to go now and leave Europe and let's go to MLS. Some big games here. We always add an MLS game as part of our parlay parte. Plenty of good teams. We've always been talking recently as of late. We've talked about... The LA teams a lot, and we've talked about Seattle Sounders, clearly, arguably the best team in MLS right now. But let's let's switch gears for a second, because Atlanta United, a team under Gabriel Heinza, big expectations with his manager. Our friend Felipe Cardenas did a great piece for The Athletic, basically discussing everything that's been going on with the club uh, in recent years, specifically all the way since Tata Martino and Carlos Bocanegra. And just, you know, everything that came with Frank DeBoer and of course, getting Heinza later on and just a little bit of instability on a club that you thought maybe was a little bit more stable. So we want to focus on that team right now. It's early in the season for MLS, Jimmy Conrad, but, you know, they need to get some wins that, you know, they know how important it is for their fans to get back on track because last season was kind of a mess.
2: Yeah, I'm with you. I think the most important piece for Atlanta I almost called him Atalanta, which is awesome, but Atlanta <laughs> United is Joseph Martinez and the health of Joseph Martinez. I think the one sign that's promising is that he finally scored his first goal this season against uh, Inter Miami. And, and he's a confidence guy like most strikers, and I'm hopeful that that will kind of, you know, really propel him to, to do some special things and, and uh, to get back to the top. I, I think the league is better. Obviously, that team is going to be better. When he's scoring goals, he's just such a great personality. It's and Joseph
1: and Martinez,
2: he is—he is a special
1: former player. MVP of the of the of the league, and you know, winner of the cup.
2: Hundred percent. Cup. But but that article that you're mentioning from the Athletic, I read it. I, I was a teammate of of Carlos Bocanegra with the national team. We played together in college. I've known Carlos for a very long time. We were roommates with the national team as well. So I was really surprised to see and hear some of these. Uh, accusation sounds very dramatic, but but to hear some of these claims against him and how it was a big power struggle, and that how Marcelo Bielsa they could have had Mar- I can't believe that Atlanta United could have had Marcelo Bielsa when they weren't like just whatever you want, sir, yes sir, let's do it, sir. <laughs> but they went and got a disciple, of Bielsa, and Tata Martino ended up being great. And the fact that they wouldn't allow him to have more of that because maybe Negra or others were feeling threatened that, that they didn't have as much influence and all of it was going to Tata. I think there's a special skill set. I don't know any of that, how verified all that is, right? But but just to talk about what I read in the article, there's a special, special skill set when you get into higher areas of leadership where getting out of your own way is the best thing that you can do. And it's what's best for the whole project. And, and putting your ego aside and understanding that, especially for, in Carlos's case, he he was new to the job and didn't have any experience as a sporting director. It's got to be very difficult because he's trying to prove himself. And how can he do that if he's giving all of his responsibilities to the new coaches coming in and coaches that have a ton of experience that are coaching some of the biggest clubs around the world and have, you know, have been under all types of different pressure? And so it's really fascinating to me that – and I'm sure this isn't isolated. I'm sure there's plenty of stories where Bielsa – you know, fell out with clubs before they got started and all all that type of stuff.
1: Uh, right. Or during it, I mean, Marseille <laughs> was too, a problem. Yeah. Like, that too. That too. Yeah.
2: That too. Maybe maybe Atlanta didn't want to give him, you know, a a, a cooler to sit on, and he wasn't allowed <laughs> to sit on a cooler during. I love when Bielsa does that.
1: Yeah. So, no. I so, think so. what it, just very quickly before you continue, I think the big no. another big obstacle as well is that Atlanta United essentially was a was a brand new franchise, and I think that when you create something brand new, and you're so young. It's very difficult to rely on historical resume saying, this is how we've done it and this is what we've learned from it. Whereas it was essentially a blank page. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and to Felipe's point, this article is really about power and sort of like who controls the pieces. And it's very difficult, especially in MLS, which is a baby league in the first place anyway, and a city like Atlanta. So it's very difficult. So to your point, you know, it's got to be, intricately looked at, but also remind itself that it is a successful team. It's a it one MLS cup shortly after it was, uh, you know, inaugurated uh, Joseph Martinez, MLS MVP that season trim uh, like the stadium, Mercedes-Benz stadium. When it's full uh, before COVID, we're talking about 70,000 fans in there. It's amazing. I mean it's an amazing story, but with it, you know, comes responsibility and the illusion and the ideal of, of success and power.
2: That's the thing. And I'm glad you brought that up because because the success is so important to the story. When you start having success, everybody wants some credit for it. And and yeah. if you don't feel like you're getting enough credit, then that could dent your ego. I mean, at the end of the day, these are decisions being made by human beings that have feelings just like the rest of us. And, and if, if you don't feel like you're being rewarded with with the right amount of spotlight or whatever it is, or, it, you know, if it's been announced publicly that, well, you know, and I'll just abuse Carlos here as an example. But, you know, if, if Carlos was actually making a lot of those moves, but Tata Martino was getting all the credit, I could see why Carlos could be feeling a little burned by it, you know, and wanting to maybe take back some of that control behind the scenes. But the fact that he was in every training or at every training, watching every video thing, that was that was interesting, it, but also not surprising. And I wish Tata, I'm sure there's a lot more to this story, but Tata Martino basically banned him from video meetings after like half the season. But I Tata needed to take into consideration, and maybe he did at some point, but just got tired of it anyway, that Carlos just retired. You know, he, he he's so close to still being a player. It's going to be hard for him. And it's hard. Even when I tra- uh, transitioned from, from retiring to doing this media stuff, I was depressed for nine months to, to a year because I'm like, what is my identity now? And because... Carlos transitioned so quickly from being a player to now this front office job. He didn't really have that, that maybe time to reflect yeah and, and to give it some space and, and to not, and kind of just mourn the fact because you have to mourn it. You, 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 this whole previous identity is gone and it needs to be properly mourned and then you can move on and start to become this next version of yourself. And I don't think he gave himself the chance to do that. I can understand why he's probably inserting himself in areas that maybe he shouldn't, you know, he's still, I try to, I, I, he's act, acting like the captain of the team. When he's not the captain of the team anymore and he and it
1: them, makes oh, okay. it harder when it's a brand new team 100 percent. so you know it, anyway with all of that <laughs> atlanta united like seventh in the eastern conference they've won once drawn twice lost another one gabriel Heinza still getting used to the league but you mentioned joseph martinez obviously a very talented team and they face montreal a very, yeah. a, a very good team right now jimmy
2: yeah montreal's look pretty good and i'm pleasantly surprised given the fact that they have to play their games, not in Canada and that Thierry Henry kind of split town, you know, a couple that's right for yeah. the season. So,
1: and they're leading the Eastern conference right now.
2: They are. And, and one guy I've been impressed with is their 29 year old striker who just scored his first two goals of the season, Bjorn Johnson. And uh he's played in a lot of leagues all over the world he played for uh, Azad Alkmaar and uh, Den Haag in the Eredivisie. Played for Rosenborg on, you know, he went to the K League in Korea and played for Ulsan Hyundai. I mean, he's been all over. Yeah. And so for him to score two pretty good goals uh, midweek, I think speaks to, you know, the, the 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 pieces that they're putting putting together at Montreal. And and uh, he's a big number nine man. He is six foot five, and, and wow. if they can start to utilize him, you in, in, in a good way, then and really start to create those, you know, numerical advantage. He's got good feet. He scored two good goals, but he's going to get on the end of crosses as
1: well. So, yeah. To be fair, Inter-Miami were awful, but, you know, you got to take your chances.
2: You do. I mean, that's, that's, I'm not surprised with that, but I do think Atlanta at home, at some point, they got to put their flag on the ground and start getting results. And and with Joseph Martinez scoring, I, I like, I'd like Atlanta to win this one because yeah. I I, sometimes it scares me to put MLS into our parlays because it's so unpredictable. Uh, but, but, but for fun, we should do Atlanta and then back Gabriel Heinze and Carlos Bocanegra and everybody fighting through this article that, you know, pulled the curtain back a little bit on how things work. Justin Martinez is going to go out there and do the business.
1: Are there fans in Mercedes-Benz stadium these days?
2: I think it's not, not full capacity.
1: They're giving away uh, some COVID vaccinations uh, ahead of this game as well. So promoting all of that uh, around the community. So I'm imagining there's a limited capacity. But still, though, uh, you know, to your point, I think uh, they need a bolt of lightning is what Atlanta United need. They need something big. They need like a a big win against a team that's in momentum, doing well. And what perfect way to do it than against uh, the team that's leading the Eastern Conference right now? And that's Montreal. So I'm going yeah. with a, a with an Atlanta win as well. And to your point, your very first point, Joseph Martinez, a friend of the show, by the way, loves Peruvian food. Joseph Martinez <laughs> feeling confident, I feel that this is an Atlanta win as well.
2: Yeah. so we have our six we have our six picks. All right. Ready, so you ready, you we ready? have
1: Chelsea winning the FA Cup. Yes? We have we left West Ham.
2: No, no, we'll, we'll keep it in because it gives us all right. Six, West
1: Ham six, Brighton draw is that what we, yeah, said? that's right. Yeah, Atleti win against Osasuna. Yep, a Juventus Inter draw, that's right. Wow. Uh, what do we have in the <laughs> Bundesliga?
2: We have Eintracht Frankfurt beating Schalke. So yep. if that doesn't happen, then we're just going to quit.
1: No, we retire. That doesn't happen. I'm Eintracht in. Frankfurt in, okay, and Atlanta United win.
2: Yes, that that if all those hits plus 6,100, so we had to oh. bet 100 to bid 61. I basically we're going to bet what, $5 each at least is going to hop into. And, and that will pay, uh, that'll give us 600 bucks. I, I don't know if that's enough to go to Vegas, but, but it's enough to get us started. It's enough to
1: go to uh, <laughs> we
2: buy a ticket. We could probably buy a, a plane flight. I think plane flights are pretty, pretty, it's cheap
1: enough stuff. to go to Vegas, the uh, strip club here in the Bronx. Oh, <laughs> <maybe. laughs>
2: uh, that's hilarious.
1: All right. Uh, well, I like that. And if you like it, then go to town. But if not, Jimmy has given you so much, not just parlay info, but also some real tasty ones. The, the The Inter one winning straight up, by the way, that's crazy.
2: It, with with uh, both both teams to score. Yeah, I see that. Yeah, plus three ninety. Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, I want to give a shout out to Liga MX and the La Liga, the playoffs over there right now because Toluca, who. Are doing bits in the playoffs. Beat Cruz Azul in leg one, two to one. Atlas beat Puebla one zero. We would have given you lines on that, but there's games going on. Pachuca Club America tonight. Santos Laguna Monterrey uh, tonight as well. And then leg two will be over the weekend. But but uh, fair play to Toluca, man. They weren't expected to do anything, and now they have the lead against the best team in the league. So uh, I've just I'll be having my eyes open for Liga MX as well.
1: Absolutely. And I want to give a shout out uh, to the women's champions league final because Mm -hmm. Chelsea face Barcelona, you are going to have a brand new winner in the women's champions league, Chelsea doing their thing, winning the WSL already. And Barcelona doing the same thing too, in the same weekend. This is a, a big final. It's on Sunday. 3 p.m. Eastern. Jimmy, I don't know if you wanted to mention anything from that as well because it's a major final. It could be a winner for the first time.
2: Well, I think it's exciting that Chelsea have a finalist in both Champions Leagues and the men's and women's first time in the history of the sport that that's happened. I like Chelsea. With all due respect to Barcelona, I think winning the double, well, either one of them will win the double, to your point. So I just think Chelsea have, have some players... And and I'm not sleeping on Barcelona. I think it's going to be tight. I just think that Chelsea have a little bit more magic in them this season. Just
1: overall, as a squad, they're just so deep. And Emma Hayes is a very good man. I just, I, there's, I mean, Sam Kerr, Fran Kirby, Bernal Hart. I mean, come I, on.
2: I, I just think that maybe the women's league in England is just a little bit harder. Good point. And than, than the, the the women's league in, in La Liga right now in Spain. So... I think that Barcelona have some competition, but I think because of the investment in the women's game in England, it's starting to become a little bit harder. And so for Chelsea to be on top of that, to hold off Man City, uh, I think is, um, I'm going to, that's why I'm just, it's honestly going to be close. I, I could see like a 2-1 Chelsea.
1: Yeah. And by the way, before we leave, we also have to remember something and I hope she's ready because we're going to do it. uh, I I don't even know if she she realizes this, but it's the NWSL, their regular season starts this weekend. And we have a lot going on here at CBS Sports, but we represent this league fully. Our friend Poppy Miller, the anchor, and now we're welcoming our producer, who's also a color commentator for the NWSL, part of Paramount Plus and CBS Sports, Lisa Roman is in the his a Lisa. Lisa what's up hey guys
3: it's so fun to join the pod not just be behind <laughs> the scenes this time I know
1: I feel so sorry for Lisa because she has to listen to me and Jimmy every <laughs> single day and oh, she just not-
3: listen I get to make the bets too come on come on that's true
2: that's true
1: that our is bookie. true she's our bookie but she does a lot for CBS, not just kego Lasso. She's a color commentator for the NWSL. She's also an analyst as well. There's a lot of really fun, great things happening with this league and our network. And we wanted to just welcome her at the very end of uh, this program, this weekend preview, because uh, Lisa, just what are some things to look ahead to as the NWSL begins their season this weekend?
3: Yeah, the NWSL regular season starts Saturday, uh, games on Sunday, too. It's a big deal for the league. Yeah. Um, Like most teams, they didn't get to play in most leagues. They didn't get to play in 2020. They had a bubble, and WSL was the first one to do the bubble. Um, And this year, they started their preseason with a Challenge Cup. The Portland Thorns won that. It was a final between gotham fc and the thorns the thorns coming out on top after pks it was a very exciting game and then just a week after that final the regular season starts um it, it's a lot of games for these teams and teams who haven't traveled it's a 24 game regular season schedule 12 home games 12 away there's not going to be a break for the olympics which is pretty interesting because a lot of these teams have um, national team players from Canada and the United States. And so they'll be missing those players throughout the summer when the Olympics take place. Um, but some big teams to look out for the Portland thorns, they just won the challenge cup. They're looking really, really hot this year. They have some really good players, Gotham FC they've rebranded. They used to be sky blue FC, and now it's New Jersey, New York, uh, Gotham FC with head coach Freya Coombe. They did an entire rebrand. They just acquired Ali Long. They're adding new players in. They have a really good team. They were in the final for the Challenge Cup. But some other teams to look, keep an eye on. OL Reign, They're in Seattle. They have big-time players like Megan Rapinoe and Jess Fishlock who will be leaving for the Olympics, but they've also acquired a lot of Lyon OL players from Europe that will be joining them in June, so keep an eye on them. But overall, women's soccer is back. The NWSL is back for the regular season, and it all starts on Saturday.
1: And you can watch it on CBS Sports. Jimmy, I don't know if you had a question for our Lisa in terms of the NWSL. I know this is a league you also follow closely.
2: Yes, uh, I love and I feel honored to be a part of it. And I'm, again, I'm so proud that uh, CBS and Paramount Plus have all the action for us this summer. I'm going to be, be I'm going to be one of the wagering analysts this this season. Love so, it. Love it. Now, yeah, one of my wagers, that I wanted to hear uh, from from Lisa about this, was that I think Dobinia, who plays mm-hmm. for the North Carolina Courage, and I actually have one at her jersey because I think she's unbelievable. I think she's going to be the MVP of the league, even though she's going to miss out on. Probably the Olympics, right? So she's even be, mm-hmm. despite missing some time, I still think she's going to be the the MVP and potentially the Golden Boot winner. Do you agree with those sentiments, Lisa?
3: Sabina is an incredible player. She actually just won MVP of the Challenge Cup, um, so she's already on the track there to to win another MVP and potentially the Golden Boot. Uh, she will miss time for the Olympics, which is is going to be hard because it's going to going to allow other players time to get more goals and just more games overall, but. Yes, Davinia is on her way to being the best player, um, especially in the league, but the world. I'm looking at this globally, and she is right there, uh, right on the cusp of that. She had a really last, a really really good season last year, and in the Challenge Cup, and then in the Fall Series for 2020 in the NWSL. Um, so, Jimmy, yes, that's a good bet. If you're a betting man, which I very well know <laughs> you are, yes, uh, I would bet on Davinia to be another MVP or at least get the golden boot.
1: She's so good. She deserves right. her full name, Debora Cristiana de Oliveira or otherwise known as She's She's amazing. Like such a great player.
2: She's got so much sauce and she's got more talent in her pinky than my whole body. And I'm just, (laughs) oh, what she has.
1: This is where (laughs) all the Chick-fil-A sauce uh, ran out. (laughs) Yeah. Dabinia took it all.
2: She's amazing. I I love watching her play. And and, uh, I encourage anybody else that loves the game to watch her play as well. 29-year-old Brazilian. She's going to do bits in the Olympics as well. So Mm -hmm. keep your eye on Dabinia.
1: Absolutely. Lisa, last question. Just give me a player to look out for uh, that maybe perhaps we need to pay more attention to.
3: Um, Morgan Weaver. She's, she's a big one. All eyes are on her after the challenge cup final, but she's a forward for Portland. It's her second year in the league. Um, She usually subs on, she doesn't start the game, but she's a spark when she gets on the field, she plays up top. She's, constantly moving. So if you can keep an eye on her, try to keep an eye on her as she's constantly moving. But she scored the winning PK for the Thorns to win the Challenge Cup just last week. Um, She's a good one to keep an eye on. And she's young, so she has so much room for growth in the league.
1: I love it. I love it so much. NWSL, the season kicks off this weekend. Lisa Roman, part of a great team. You, Jimmy Conrad with the betting tips as well. You can see it all on CBS Sports, Paramount Plus, and of course, CBS Sports HQ and plenty of shoulder programming and plenty more to come as we keep growing this soccer community on CBS. Lisa, thank you so much. Hey, stay here. Do you have any final thoughts for anything? Because I know you're a Tottenham fan.
3: Oh, I am. Honestly, I hate to say this, but I like Jose Mourinho. So now I'm like trying to be a Roma fan. Jimmy, I'm going to jump on the (laughs) bandwagon. I think he's just like spunky. I want to follow him. I want to
2: follow him. I love that. That's my new favorite word for Jose Mourinho, spunky. He does have a lot of spunk.
3: Listen, he he doesn't care what anyone
1: thinks. It's fun. Yeah, he's like he's like popcorn at the movies. Whatever you're watching, you need it. So that's exactly the same thing. Hey, Jimmy, did you have any other final thoughts by the way? I think I've
2: given like 17 (laughs) final thoughts. So I'm good.
1: My final thought is thank you so much for listening. This is probably our longest weekend preview, but you know, we wanted to give you as much as we can. So from all of us,
2: what we do, it's what we do.
1: Absolutely. Lisa, thank you so much. Thank you. Jimmy, always a pleasure.
2: Always a pleasure, everybody. Thanks for listening.
1: It's Preakness week and Sportsline has you covered. Visit sportsline.com for all the analysis. You need to play the ponies with intrigue over Medina Spirit and Bob Baffert. You need to stay up to date on everything going on in the Triple Crown. Hammering Hank Holberg gives out his favorite picks. Jody Demling offers his full rankings. Gene Menez will be on the Early Edge podcast, dishing out his picks and getting you up to speed on how to bet the second leg of the Triple Crown. Crown sports line has you covered for everything related to Saturday's preakness steaks. <music> Hey, everybody. I want to thank Jimmy Conrad and Lisa Roman for joining me today. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, KegolassoPod. Please leave a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. You can follow us there, Spotify, Stitcher. We are on YouTube as well. You can watch every episode on youtube.com forward slash Kegolasso. We're also on cbssports.com and, of course, your CBS Sports app. Hope you have a fantastic weekend.